We're out of the tunnel onto the floor for our number two of Sports Talk. If you missed our number one and feel that you have compelling reason to revisit it, and I think you might, you could do so at WDWS.com. We talked last hour to Jerry Palm of CBS Sports about bracketology and the Illini and the Big Ten and the national scene. And we also visited with Adalia McKenzie from Illinois Women's Basketball. So plenty of hoops at this time of year. We get uh, baseball starting to get sprinkled in. College baseball, of course, is into motion. Spring training chatter. There's some NBA stuff going on. NBA, uh, excuse me, NFL scouting combine is not too far uh, in the near future. And uh, it's it's kind of a cool time of year. I kind of like it. Just a little bit of everything and no big things screaming at you. But I do like how college basketball really gets center stage at this moment for folks beyond the very committed college basketball fan. I think it all starts to take shape in the uh, in the national consciousness, which I think is fun. A little bit later on, also, we're going to talk with former Illini football player turned new Fisher High School coach, Matt Sinclair, uh, is is re- rejoining the high school ranks mm-hmm. as the head coach for a program that uh, did not field a varsity team last year, and they've been a proud program in the past. And he's just a, a good dude to talk to, Matt Sinclair. So we will visit with him a little bit later on. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. That's Evan Kahn, by the way, in case I didn't make that clear. Great to have you. Uh, last night, pretty pretty quiet on the uh, post-game show because Illinois did what everyone expected them to do. Well, mm-hmm. not it, not what Vegas expected them to do, <laughs> but what everyone expected them to do, and that was handle the Minnesota Golden Gophers. R.J. Melendez game? How about it? R.J. Melendez game. It sounded like it in there. Everybody w- was pulling for the guy, and, and what a what a perfect opportunity for him to to have that game coming off the the Indiana game where you saw him visibly you know his confidence w- was shaken early in the game and then he misses a, a game winner and, and you you wonder where where he's going to be especially without Terrence Shannon Jr. he's been in and out of the the starting lineup this year and, and Brad Underwood stuck with him uh, the the team stuck with him and, and he got couple huge dunks finally got to see a three ball go through and, and seeing the the payoff of just just hard work and doing what you're asked of uh from the team and, and really everybody last night I, I think filled their role as was asked and that's why yeah you, you end up with a, a 10 point home victory the dunks uh it, it you when you see it live is oh my gosh this kid is so athletic mm-hmm. you just don't realize it he has a leaping ability. Um, the the sheer the, there's other guys I think with more sheer power in their dunks. Uh, although that was pretty emphatic, but just <laughs> the 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 speed and the almost aerodynamicness <laughs> of his dunks is incredible. So it kind of just brings you out of your chair for a moment. It, it, it was it was a pretty neat scene, and I like what you said there because it was balanced. His points didn't come at the expense of Coleman Hawkins, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, and I liked that Coleman Hawkins had a much more active game mm-hmm. points-wise than he did against Indiana. Yeah, everybody w- was getting involved. Uh, the, the assist numbers weren't there, and, and the offense did get stagnant at, at times. But you 
you liked the the shots that they were getting. They they were staying within themselves. Nobody really really taking it upon themselves to do too much. And you really needed to get some guys going. Jay Neps hasn't been hitting the three ball. He goes four for six from three. Matthew Myers kind of become the guy since Big Ten play started over. Uh, I know Terrence Shannon Jr. still leads the team in scoring, and I'm guessing he does so in Big Ten play. But over the last five or ten games, Matthew Myers is carrying a, a, a lot of this, the scoring load and Coleman Hawkins finding his shots. I mean, there, there's so many guys. Even even Dane, I, I think, got his most shot attempts maybe in three or, or four games, and, and he ended up getting to the, the free throw line a lot. So there's a, a lot of guys that, that you can get shots, and it's, it's easy for, for this team to get to 70, 80, 90 points. We just haven't seen it. And last night, the as Brad Sturdy pointed out, the second most efficient night offensively, and um, just they, they continue to build. It, it really hasn't been a step back, I don't think, since the first time we saw Northwestern at the beginning of January. Yeah, that's that's almost the the low point mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the actual result. I think Illinois was kind of building behind the scenes, and it just wasn't working, and it all kind of came unglued against Northwestern. And still, that's a game where if you don't foul like you did against the Wildcats, that's that was a game that was could have been within reach. Oh yeah. Come come the end of it. Um but Northwestern is good and this will be a very, very, very interesting test. Because Northwestern is gonna have to try and do the the you know, they've gotten these wins lately at home up at Welsh Ryan, which I know is not the <laughs> it's not Mackey. But still, it's different than when you're on the road, mm-hmm. and um, you know they're going to be—they're always juiced up because they always feel like uh, the overlooked one in the state of Illinois, especially when it comes to basketball. It, it, it'll be—it'll be pretty dynamic on, on Thursday night, and yeah, look, I get it. The Minnesota, if, in case you, Illinois went down in Ken Palm and the net by winning last <laughs> night, uh, they were not served by playing Minnesota, but that wasn't their fault. Uh, but they do because that would have happened anytime they played them two weeks ago. If right. they would have played them as that first game back in December, it is what it is. Yeah. It's the game that was on the schedule. Whatever happened as far as net wise was going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> the unfortunate part of it all for Illinois is inserting it later. They get quote punished uh, by Minnesota's health issues, and now you you know you make the schedule a lot more dense. But um, you know, oh well. There, it, it wasn't the last game of the season. You you look at the three of the four remaining. We were trying to break it down last night, and just off the top of my head, I imagine tomorrow is going to be a quad one game. Purdue is going to be a quad one game, and then you probably got a couple quad twos with with Michigan and Ohio State. So there there's ground to be made up. And just going back to Northwestern and Thursday, there's going to be no question that the Wildcats are, are going to get ready. They they get up and they're a, a classic old literally old I mean everybody in that starting lineup's like a fifth year an old Big Ten team where they're gonna do what they do and they're gonna try to stop you and you've done a very good job here in the last five games of stopping teams from from doing what they want to do so can, can they bring that to the State Farm Center and and take care of the Illini again well I think we've seen it this year with the amount of talent that Illinois has in its guards, there's no replacement for veteran experienced mm-hmm. guards. Yep. And that's what Northwestern has. They usually make the right plays. 
and they sit down and defend. <laughs> and they're going to make it tough for you to score. And guess what? That wins more than it loses. <laughs> and so good for them. Good for the Wildcats. And, and they'll come in here, and, and it'll be fun to see a very a, exuberant crowd over an Illinois-Northwestern game instead of a – I don't think it'll be a sleepy game. It's not going to be a high-flying game. That's just not the style. Northwestern won't allow it. No, I was thinking back. I think it was – it had to have been because there were fans in attendance. That 1920 season as Illinois was building, Northwestern wasn't very good at the time, but that that was a game that, that Illinois kind of struggled to handle. But that's the, the, the tradition of this series is even though Illinois dominated it, it's always going to be a rock fight and it's going to be close. Yep. We also talked to Adalia McKenzie uh, last hour. Can you believe it? This is the last week of Illinois mm-hmm. women's basketball's regular season schedule. Next week is the Big Ten tournament for them. Uh, I think there's not a mathematical possibility to get a double bye because Ohio State won. I uh, could be wrong on that, but I've tried to figure it out. Of course, the Big Ten does not like to mention who has clinched or can't, or is eliminated from certain seeds, so you can't mm-hmm. get any help there. Um, but I think there will probably be a 5-6-ish team, maybe 7 which is fine. Yeah. Um, and actually may, uh, in a weird way, could help you. Yeah, you want that double buy so you don't you can get the extra rest. But after the Big Ten tournament, the women are off for a week mm-hmm. before the selection Sunday in the NCAA tournament. So you don't have that concern about your legs as much. And why not be a 5-6 team that plays an 11-12 uh you know, winnable team and get a winnable game first. Mm-hmm. So then you can go into the, what would you go into? The quarters mm-hmm. and and then maybe stack a couple of wins there and then see what happens. But that just can only probably help you in terms of your tournament resume. Yeah, and matchups are, are going to depend a, a lot on that, but them getting the, the buy is huge. Having the week off means that, that you can go into this Big Ten tournament really really with house money, not in the sense that if we lose it, it's no big deal, but you can play your butts off, you can win this tournament, and you're not going to be exhausted come selection month. You're, you're literally going to have almost two weeks off before you, you play another game there. So... Why not? I mean, you took care of Iowa, and I think you cleaned some things up uh, against Maryland. That that was a winnable game. Same thing with Without Mich- Michigan, one of your best players. Ohio State. Uh, I mean, other than Indiana, who's kind of in a, another world, right? Yeah. That that top three or four legit national championship contenders. Why why not? Shauna Green squad uh, against anybody else in the Big Ten on a neutral floor. Yeah, yeah. Good point. I mean. Uh, you know, there's no doubt Iowa's earned its spot and Maryland's earned its spot too. But there's nothing where you l- just chalk it up and go, "Well, Illinois can't play with them." They've no. done it, right? Yeah. They, they had Except a lead. for Michigan. Michigan was they, they the, that that was a game where they were just kind of overmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of her name at the, at the moment. Kind of a wing player, she could just go get her shot and and just kind of torched Illinois. That was a tough one, but um, for the most part, Illinois has been either has absolutely taken care of business against teams that are weaker than them or or run with teams even when they lost. Mm -hmm. So, okay, uh, we've got more to uh, touch on here. Uh, As you may have heard in the headlines, an Alabama basketball player who's pretty good 
pretty good. Is not in legal trouble, but is making headlines. Uh, some other items to get to as well. And then Matt Sinclair is going to join us here on the Tuesday edition of Sports Talk. It's Finding Illini Women's Basketball at 7 o'clock against Nebraska. Wednesday night at 7 on DWS with Mike Kuhn calling all the action. So it's part of his given name, not given name, his name, the wrestler Seth freaking <laughs> Rollins. It's, it's, I don't mean like his mom named him that. Right, his, yeah. <laughs> It's his wrestling name. There you go. How many of them actually use their real names? Very few because of merchandising and copywriting and being able to, you know, make money off of the name. Like like John Cena getting to be John Cena was a big deal. Like usually Why they, do you need to why can't you copyright yourself? Because WWE wants to copyright it so that they can make the action figures and the merch and then they get stuff off of it oh i see so you're trying if you're trying to maybe well what about the rock Dwayne? yeah right so is that his thing or or wwe um the rock that's probably that's probably the wwe's trademark yeah and you know anything that uses the rock they probably get a, a piece of the cut to it man i'm in the wrong business <laughs> uh but you know i mean you know and, and there's a lot of radio folk more on music formats that, right. that use different names. and and But here we, you know, this is who we are. I'm Scott Beatty. You're Evan Kahn. That was Lauren Tate before. We're, we're, the, we're the few lucky ones. We get, to, we get to keep our names. His actual name is Larry Tatis. <laughs> Leonardo Tatis. We'll have to come up with a wrestling name for you. <laughs> There's got to be like an online generator for one of those, you know, like like what's your mother's main name? Where, where were you born? And then it'll, if it'll it come asks out for with... any personality or physical characteristics, <laughs> please don't put in anything that's accurate because <laughs> I will not get a good name that way. <laughs> Text us our wrestling names. Wrong answers only. Oh, no. <laughs> Two one seven three five one five three five seven. It's like complimenting the refs. You might have opened a can of worms that you didn't want to. <laughs> um, all right, I, I feel this is worth mentioning, and the the law is the law. But Alabama star freshman Brandon Miller, who, who may be the highest, at least college draft pick this year, right? Yeah, um, very well could be. Yeah, I think there's... Consensus or, lottery, no doubt. Uh, brought the gun that teammate Darius Miles allegedly used in a January killing in Tuscola. According to police testimony, the shooting led to the capital murder charges against Miles, who was dismissed from the team. Another man, Michael Davis, was also charged in the murder in the shooting, which left Jimmy and Janae... Uh, Janae Harris dead. Miller's role, which was not publicly revealed until today, has not resulted in charges or known punishment from within the team. Head coach Nate Oates. There's nothing, uh, I'm sorry, uh, there hasn't been any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. Okay, I understand that if I give you a weapon and you give a wep- that weapon to somebody else, I'm probably not legally culpable but wrong spot at the wrong time is not playing well 
This is, ooh, I, I, I've had for a week New Mexico State sheesh. I mean, this is a big old sheesh, especially when you hear not just the words from Nate Oates, but the way he said it in that press conference. And, and as he points out, this is something that's been gone, going on for over a month. So this was a prepared statement, you would have to imagine. And, and a lot of people... You know, uh, us sometimes we, we we stay say stuff and we don't realize the the weight that it carries. But when somebody dies and to say college kids in wrong place at the wrong time, that's uh, tone deaf isn't even the the right word. Uh, putting your foot in your mouth isn't the right words. I mean, that's just downright embarrassing. Um, I I don't know how you move from this, but I also understand that. Alabama and the SEC and college sports as a whole. Uh, sports journalism class I, I took in school with, with Gene McDonald, who used to run the sports section here, uh, goes into all the things that happened at the University of Washington in the late 90s and early 2000s. Like This kind of stuff happens in college towns, but it used to happen more so than it does now. And to be so cavalier about it, it's disgusting. And I, I, I don't I don't know where he gets off at that. Like it almost comes off as like a sociopath to like treat the reporters and the people asking the questions like that, that he should treat it as any big deal. Like somebody died and two of your players were involved on a 13 person team. Right. What, what are the percentages of that? That's more than 10 percent of your team was involved in a murder. Full stop. Like that's pretty bad. That's that's really bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it, allegedly, you know, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't. He should not have been caught off guard when the news became public, and um, he just I, got I, an I, extension. He just uh, got like millions of dollars and years added onto his contract after the initial story came out too. Uh, 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 very fine basketball coach. He's taken Alabama from from the depths to number one just over the weekend. But as yeah. far as his public relations and and having a handle on his team, you want you want to talk about lack of institutional control. <laughs> I don't know if if this is the definition of it, but it's pretty darn close. Can't control what they do outside of practice. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? You are the CEO of this multi-million dollar company as head coach of the University of Alabama. You 1,000% are in control of that. Speaking of which, well, not speaking of which, but Michigan State obviously is in the wake of a tragedy. Speaking of tone deaf, um, they're going to have their first home game tonight since that tragedy, and they are hosting number 17, Indiana which is not a uh, just walk in and, in fact, Michigan State's favored? Nuts. That's what wow. it says, minus three, right? Wow. Minus three? Okay. I don't – why would that be? See, and we, we kind of got into this last night, uh, barely, the, the fact that I don't know enough that goes into what makes these lines, but they, they've got to put it somewhere where, you know, you get 50-50 or close to, to 50-50 money. So it might be a, a little bit off of exactly where you think, but yeah, I, home court advantage, uh, again, haven't done enough deep diving, but you, you look at it across the board, home teams are, are winning, especially when they're 
really close like these these teams are. Like Indiana's good, pretty good, top twenty, top 17, fifteen. Yeah. The the difference between seventeen and thirty five is not that much. So you get home court, mm-hmm. you on a, a bit of a roll. Why not? But yeah. that, that'll be that'll be an emotional night up there at the Breslin Center. Yeah, and and the Spartans are one of uh, again right now the current brackets have four Big Ten teams in the eight spots. The four eight <laughs> spots are Rutgers, Michigan State, Illinois, and Iowa. As it stands, this is uh, I'm going off Jerry Palms just because we interviewed him today, and I. There's usually maybe a little variation amongst the bracketologists, but they're all pretty close. Mm-hmm. Illinois at <laughs> against Auburn. That's fun. That was the one that I saw yesterday, yeah. Yeah, with the potential to match up with number one seed Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so we're going to play all the hits. That would be over in Des Moines, which actually would be uh, – there would be a lot oh, of KU and Illini cow. fans in Des Moines. That's the, the that's, perfect That's meaning. very well, drivable. And not to – Mentioned yes, it's silent. The <laughs> first game with Bruce Pearl back in Iowa against the Illini. <laughs> oh, somebody's got to be making this up. This is what they do. I, I know the NCAA will will fight tooth and nail and say they don't set up storylines, but tinfoil hat, they love storylines because this tournament is nothing without ratings. That's true, but I will... Uh, I will acknowledge Joe Lunardi's point when he says the college basketball world is small enough. You almost can do anything, and there will be storylines. Oh, oh yeah. Well, a- absolutely. It's just how it is. It's, it's just that when you start doing the snake like it's supposed to, sometimes that snake starts taking different turns, and it's like, how did we end up here? Yeah, it could be the butterfly effect of, well, these two teams can't play each other in the first round because they saw each other in the Thanksgiving tournament or they're in the same conference, and so we got to put this here and this here and that all, and it ends up, yeah, um, and if it goes, oh, yeah, Illinois against uh, uh, Bruce Pearl in the state of Iowa with the potential to match up with three head coaches ago in in, if you're the winner, and yeah, that's got some juice. Let's do it. <laughs> that's that's ratings, baby, right there. Yeah. Hey, speaking of ratings, um, I got a call to be on a radio station in Mississippi this week to oh, preview for... Illinois baseball at Southern Mississippi. They're going to have four or five thousand people down there. I imagine in their in their game. Uh, I am I'm excited to go down uh, the. Because college baseball in Mississippi is kind of a thing. Oh yeah, it's it's different. What was I seeing? They were lined up like thirty six hours before Ole Miss's season open. I, I know it's a, a different school, but same state. Oh no, but it's that similar kind of mentality. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be uh, kind of raucous. Yeah. I mean, they they line up from Mississippi State. They 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 camp out for first tickets of the season, and and they they got the donuts and the. And the whole thing that they do there at Duty Noble Field. And uh, we saw it when we went down for a regional Ole Miss hosting 10,000 people when it was their game. And Southern Miss was knocking on the door of the World Series last year. Uh, I, it, it, it's it's going to be a thing. And I hope, I hope that brings the Illini up with it and you know not rather than being intimidated by a lot of people screaming at you to be like hey this this gets my juices going and I think they're gonna like it I think they're gonna like it a lot um so that 
I, not often have I been asked to, uh, you know, do a media appearance in preview of a regular season series, but it just that's how how meaningful it is to them down there. I imagine they're spending more of this week getting ready for that series than whatever basketball games they have going on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Southern Miss basketball off the top of my head. I actually think they're 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 competitive in in all sports. I think. Yeah, it's, it's a Sun Belt conference. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not what the SEC is in terms of all the other sports. But but that would be an interesting question. How how does the hierarchy rank down there? Probably, I, I'm guessing it would go football, baseball, basketball. Yeah, I would too. Yep, Alabama probably football, basketball. That's that's had especially quite a since they have a number one team, yeah, in it all. Um, and by the way, Illinois baseball having lost to um, Wake Forest over the weekend, uh, I know they wanted uh, something more than than they got there. But Wake Forest is today is playing a team and put up seventeen runs. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of we were talking about that earlier this week. There, there's a lot of games today in college baseball. Yeah, down in the south. It's most of them are in the south. Uh, they're, they're, this is a typical midweek day, but it's just the northern teams oh, can't some, travel to a midweek opponent. Well, I thought I saw Maryland was in action today. Maybe not. Yeah, they are. I think it's warm enough. Hmm. It's yeah, they're 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 uh, losing to West Virginia, but I think it's warm enough there in Maryland, or they try for it at least. Huh. Bold. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we got more to get to. Matt Sinclair also going to join us on Sports Talk. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. We're glad you're with us here on this Tuesday edition of Sports Talk. A few months ago, we were hanging out at the Illini Quarterback Club, and Matt Sinclair was good enough to join us and talk some football well he's back with us now to talk football again this time at the high school level the former Illini is the new Fisher Bunnies head coach Matt thanks for joining us here on the program and hey congratulations I appreciate it guys how you guys doing we're doing great Uh, you've had a few coaching stops since your playing days at uh, at the college level and at the high school level, and, and, and now you're back. So how did this come about? A long story short, um, I had um, had some interest from some local teams um, that were great opportunities um, that just weren't the right ones, if that makes sense. And, uh, you know, I've known Jason Epperson for a long time, who's associated with uh, Illinois football and CU Church, and, um, when those opportunities had run their course, he, uh, he approached me about Fisher and, you know, he, he has a vested, vested interest in Fisher. Uh, several of the pastors on staff live there and he allowed those other opportunities to run their course before he brought this Fisher opportunity up. And, um, and I looked at it and when things are right, you know, it, uh, and we didn't waste a lot of time with it. And, the big thing was that the administration there, the leadership, they understand the vision for what this is about and that football is just the the tool that God gave us to do what we uh, have the opportunity to do now. Yeah, I know you've always loved uh, impacting people at at 
different levels of, of life. Uh, so you hadn't been in the coaching game for a little bit. Did you have a mind of, hey, I'm going to get back there? Well, when I, you know, I resigned my coaching job in the spring at Carthage to, uh, I'm working on my dissertation right now. And we moved down here because we're blessed. My wife's job can go anywhere. And we had never done the Illinois football weekend. So I didn't come down here necessarily looking for a job. Um, however, my children the entire time have been uh, on me about getting back into it. They know we're a coaching family. They love having the young guys around. They understand. My own children understand uh, what it is we get to do. So uh, it's, you know, like I said, it wasn't planned. Um, I knew I would get back into it. I didn't know when, but um, I've trusted God's plan for my life here the last 10 years, and I'm going to continue to do so. That's great. We're talking with Matt Sinclair here on Sports Talk. Hey, Matt, this is Evan, and you've had plenty of coaching opportunities and and you were a player yourself but how much of a a change is it going to be the head coach of a football team uh as far as the guys and on the field I don't think it'll be a big change I've been blessed in the programs I've been with uh you know being the coordinator on defense special teams you you by default work with the entire team and then especially being the strength and conditioning coach you know i'm working on those guys every day in the weight room on the mentality of the culture so you know in that in that regard i'm not concerned about it uh it's obviously a lot more logistically you know you take on a lot more administratively and that sort of stuff but as far as the head coach approach i just know that when things don't go you know the way we all want it to that's my name in the paper now um but uh you know at the end of the day this isn't about me as much as it's passing on what I've been able to learn from guys like Coley Welter and Ron Muhitz and Jeff Thorne and and the guys that I've been blessed to work with and then you know my wife and I were were talking the other day when Zach Thomas got into the Hall of Fame you know I've you know I bounced around the NFL for five years and there's a party that's like I wish I could stay in one place for five years why why can't that be me but in bouncing around, you know, I was able to play for Brian Billick and Rex Ryan and Joe Gibbs and Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and, and guys that are Hall of Famers at every level of the game because of the type of people they are, right? So if I go into Fisher and it's about me, then we've failed from the get-go. It's wild. You you list off uh, all those names and, and just thinking NFL it's and, and, and big yeah. cities and that. And you also mentioned Coley Welters and you've done the, the small town high school football thing. And I believe you're from the St. Louis area. So so what's that like uh, just experiencing small town football and the environment and everything that comes with that? Good. Uh, I'll say this, I, being at Wheaton Warrenville South, which was a 7A school, um, the community buy-in at a good program is the same no matter what level you're on. You just notice it more at small towns because when everybody shuts, up, shuts down shop and comes to the game, you notice it, right? Uh, when you're in Wheaton, Illinois, you know, the whole town's there, but there's a lot more going on in DuPage County, right? So, um you know, we laughed the other day and said our life is becoming like Friday Night Lights, you know. and uh, Just and not Varsity okay. Blues. <laughs> right, 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 right. 
Right. You know, my wife said, you cannot let your son know some of the things that went on when you guys were in college. And I said, well, he's going to be able to Google some of it, and that's okay. And we've addressed that with him, you know. And, and I think, to be honest with you, that's a huge part of our success where we've been is we're always honest with our players. You know, you can't hide from things. Um, you don't want to promote things, but you're able to use them uh, when you're able to. And and because some of that stuff is online, in a lot of ways it's liberating, you know, because your players know you're human. Uh, they, some of them see the NFL thing. They might get intimidated. But, you know, when you're honest with them and you let them know you've made mistakes and you're human, it's a lot easier for those young people to uh, to admit their faults as well. So because of that, because, like you said, some things uh, that, that are Googleable. Um, and and things that you have uh, you know worked through and, and 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 done what you're supposed to and acknowledged and and apologized and you're a changed person. Uh, it's not to be needs to be rehashed. But when you're going through this, I mean, what what are the schools talking to you about? You're gonna be you know the head coach with 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 young people. Um, do they need something from you there? No, you know that's the thing with the felony uh, getting pardoned is. I don't have to lead in with that anymore because, you know, when, when guys like Larry Kinbaum at Wash U, Coley obviously, Vic Zimmerman at Monticello, and then ultimately Jeff Thorne at North Central, when they brought me on, everybody knew what it was, what it was about, but for the HR purposes, right, it, it, they just couldn't get it done. Um, now the questions are more, how are you going to answer the parents when they ask you? And that's an easy thing because I've always been very honest and upfront about it. You know what I mean? And how much it's benefited me. And, you know, my wife always says that we would never want to go through it again, but you don't want to give it back, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I handle it now. It's not one of those things that you lead in with, um, but it is something that you can't hide from because I'm sure there's parents in Fisher that, that have already inquired about it or called each other and said, Hey, is this, that guy, you know, and, and that's the reality of the world I created for myself, you know? So, um, it's something I own. Um, and it's something, like I said, has been the catalyst for a lot of growth and change and, and ultimately opportunities. And I'm sure there's another question too, that parents and, and kids have too is, Hey, how do you want to build up this this program? And, and there's a nice article that you uh, you talked with Colin Likas today. It's a school of 182, <laughs> um, and you don't even want to go down the eight man road, which is great. But uh, just numbers wise, how do you go about building this up? You know, I think it always starts with the kids that you have in the school right now. Um, there's obviously the kids that 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 are involved that have wanted to be involved. There's some kids that might not be involved that have wanted to be that uh, for whatever reason haven't been. So you start there, you get to know them, uh, you know, let them know that what it's going to be about, you know, building relationships, learning discipline, learning sacrifice uh, and all that good stuff. And then I think, you know, I was blessed to recruit Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana the last several years and then playing with guys from all over the country. I've seen the best high school football there is, and it doesn't matter where you are. The best high school program in one area will be a great high school football program in another area. The one thing that they all have in common, it starts at the JFL level, right? And um, I 
have no clue. This is not an indictment on the Fisher JFL program. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just saying when you talk about numbers, it starts with the JFL program and who leads that and how it's structured. And ultimately, your freshman football coach, I think those are the two biggest hires, if you will, or associations with the program because they're so responsible for keeping the kids involved, keeping them, uh, you know, loving the spirit of the game and keeping the spirit of play alive, um, you know, with the young guys and then also at the freshman level because a lot of those young guys, they don't hit puberty, they don't grow till you know, that sophomore, junior year. And if you've got bad guys in those positions that are running people off, then you've got, you know, bigger cultural issues. That's great. Uh, and I mean, there's plenty of small schools that do it. And, yeah, so there's no reason that the bunnies can't. Yeah, right. and I was wondering, you said it there, how are you going to go about putting to, together a, a staff and how much do you, do you think that, that you'll release the, the reins to the guys that you put in place and how much control do you want to have? So I, uh, I want to get a, get a guy in on offense that um, can do some of the things I want done uh, competently. I don't want to have to worry about him, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, a person in mind already for the special teams. He's going to have to learn. That's my job to teach him. But I know he loves young people. Um, and that's the biggest thing. I don't really care about the football knowledge of the people I'm going to bring on my staff. Uh, they got to be the right type of men for our players that I'm going to surround them with. Um, and I'm going to call them out right now just to put them on the spot. You know, Mark Johnson told me eight years ago that his dream is to coach high school football. He's always wanted to do it. He told me he was going to do it when I mentioned uh, that the Fisher uh, deal was a possibility. So um, I think there's a possibility we can get Mark Johnson on the staff and uh, rumor rumor has it he was an all right football player in high school so we'll see he he probably was all right at whatever he endeavored to do <laughs> athletic well he likes to he, he likes to t- tell me uh tell everybody about when he was finished wrestling at at Michigan and Bo Schembechler asked him to come out and play football his fifth year so he's always got that one in his back pocket <laughs> hmm we won't hold that against him around here for wanting to play, <laughs> being asked to play football at Michigan, right? <laughs> right. Well, this is pretty neat. And also, uh, you get the the honor of uh, coaching a team with the absolute best helmet <laughs> in all of the state. There is no better you know, helmet than the Fisher Bunny helmet. At one of my teammates from Illinois uh, this morning, he congratulated me individually, and he said, now I'm going to put it in the group text. And there's about 25 players uh, from Illinois that span about six years on there. And I knew he's, when he, when he warned me, he was going to go put it on there. He's, he knew I was going to get blown up about the bunnies. And, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, the mascot doesn't make you, you make the mascot. And I love the story behind why we became the Fisher bunnies. Uh, and that's one of those things that I'm going to capitalize on. I love it. I, you know, Growing up in St. Louis, I went to St. Louis University High School. We were the Junior Billikens, and nobody knew what that was. So I love the original mascots. I think it's a it's a unique thing. It's a special thing. Okay, I don't know the story. Can you tell it quickly? Now I'm going to get called on the carpet on this. This is what I was told in the interview process that <laughs> once upon a time they had an original, you know, a, a normal nickname, if you will, 
and a bunch of guys, you know, I guess this was back in the day when you could bring the rifles and the trucks to schools and, you know, they would go out and shoot the rabbits on the prairie and whatever else was out there. And then they started wearing the rabbit's feet, uh, around on their belts in school. And so that's how they became the bunnies. That's what I was told. Small town USA. Right. I love it. Matt, I hope we uh I hope we get a chance to connect a few more times here cuz I know you're going to get uh much busier but uh I love love that you're doing this and uh, uh we, we we always like getting your Illini insight too. So can, can yeah, you Yeah, for yeah, sure now. Go ahead. No, what's your 30 second thought on on Illinois for next year? Um, you know, I, I had this conversation today regarding college football in general. Uh, somebody asked me why not college? What do I think about college? And I said, here, here would be my issue in college right now. Do you, do you spend your time recruiting high school? Do you recruit the transfer portal or do you recruit your own locker room? Hmm. You know, it's, it's absolutely crazy. So I don't envy what these guys are going through right now. I think as long as you have stability at the top, you know, uh, you have a shot, and so I think uh, I think we have a shot coming back. We're we're obviously missing a ton of of individual players at various spots. Um, so now we get to see whether or not these guys can coach. That's the fun part about it, right? Matt, we'll see if you can coach too. I think you can. Yeah, right. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Likewise, Thanks, Matt. Matt Sinclair, former Illini, new head coach at Fisher High School. We will wrap in a moment. Another show in the books. We will do some more fun for you tomorrow from 4 to 6. Thanks to everybody that was a part of the program today. Jerry Palm from CBS Sports. Adelia McKenzie from Illini Women's Basketball. Matt Sinclair, new Fisher Bunnies football coach. Evan, it's a Tuesday night, right? Is it tacos for you? No, no tacos tonight. I'll, I'll probably be cooking something, but um, the the streets of Savoy will be glad to know that uh, my license plate will be fully illuminated after tonight. So you're welcome. You're welcome. I was trying to get your wrestler name here, but they're asking me way too question, too many questions, so we'll have to circle back to this one. This will have to come out later, but yes, I, I, I'm glad to know that there will be peace in the village yep. with your license plate now properly illuminated you had been considered a threat to the general society around here <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> law-abiding citizen that you are thanks ed bond on the other side we're gonna join up sound on a little bit late wdws champagne urbana have a good one everybody Political tensions. More on that coming up on Sound On. Also, dire forecasts from both Walmart and Home Depot. Home Depot, by the way, down 7.5.